1: Inside sources. Inside sources. Inside sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM, and 11:60 a.m. So why would a leader from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints be invited to speak about religious liberty at a Notre Dame symposium? In Rome, let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, beyond the headline, (laughs) it's no secret that religious liberty is under attack all across the world. The question is, how do we link arms as people of faith with people from various faiths to defend it? And how do we actually show people that it's worth defending? President Dallin H. Oaks, first counselor in the first presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, spoke at a Catholic University event in Rome. Uh, he was gave a keynote address uh, at the Notre Dame Religious Liberty Summit uh, which took place in Rome, Italy. And I want to begin with uh, President Oaks actually describing why he was there and why we have this shared experience when it comes to religious liberty.
0: From its beginning in the United States in 1830, our church and its members have experienced religious persecution. Catholics and other minorities in the United States have suffered persecution as well.
1: So, that shared persecution obviously uh, brings many people together, but President Oakes uh, went on to explain. Uh, that Joseph Smith, the founding and first leader of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, had very specific thoughts about religious liberty that may have been surprising at the time, uh, but are core to what people should believe today. In
0: 1843, our first prophet, Joseph Smith, expressed our feeling about this, quote, I am bold to declare before heaven that I am ready to die in defending the rights of Presbyterian, a Baptist, or a good man of any other denomination. For the same principle would trample upon the rights of Latter-day Saints, would trample upon the rights of the Roman Catholics, or of any other denomination.
1: As a timeless statement in terms of why we stand for religious liberty. Again, regardless of what your faith or faith tradition is, uh, it is important that people stand together uh, to defend and to promote what that is and what that actually means. President Oakes went on to say that the Catholics and Latter-day Saints have become partners, important partners, linking arms to defend those values and those cru- crucial freedoms.
0: Almost two centuries later, a large audience at Brigham Young University welcomed Cardinal Francis E. George, then president of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. He began his landmark address by declaring his personal gratitude. After 180 years of living mostly apart from one another, Catholics and Latter-day Saints have begun to see one another as trustworthy partners in defense of shared moral principles and in the promotion of the common good of our beloved country.
1: Cardinal Francis E. George, President Oakes continued, believed that people of different faiths needed to work together in a significant way to defend religion.
0: In the coming years, he continued, interreligious coalitions formed to defend the rights of conscience for individuals and for religious institutions, should become a vital bulwark against the tide of forces at work in our government and society to reduce religion to a purely private reality.
1: Being able to take your whole authentic self, including your faith, into the public square is a crucial part of religious freedom. If we allow it to only be contained uh, in your home, in your closet. Uh, in your synagogue or mosque or chapel, uh, we've limited the, the role and the impact of religious freedom. And so there from Rome, uh, really the cradle of Christianity, uh, President Oaks pointed out that it was significant that they were having this conversation uh, about some of the challenges and uh, why we need to have this worldwide effort on behalf
0: of religious freedom. From Rome, this cradle of the Christian faith I call for a global effort to defend and advance the religious freedom of all of the children of God in every nation of the world.
1: President Oaks then uh, very astutely pointed out some of the serious challenges that religion and religious liberty were facing around the world.
0: Organized religion and personal freedom of religion currently face serious challenges. Religious liberty is declining in popularity with governments and their citizens. Religion is under siege by secularism, authoritarianism, political correctness, all of which seek to replace or weaken the influence of its teachings. Globally, there are many government restrictions on religious liberty, as we have heard.
1: So you can see all of the challenges facing religious freedom around the world, whether it's just political correctness, whether it's people wanting to keep that in a box, whether it's governments wanting to have control over. President Oaks continued saying that when leaders join forces to confront the challenges facing religious liberty, there are a few things that are really crucial to keep in mind.
0: They do not need to examine doctrinal differences or identify their many common elements of belief. All that is necessary for unity is our shared conviction that God has commanded us to love one another and has granted us freedom in matters of faith.
1: I love that, that we don't have to just have this exhaustive examination of doctrinal differences uh, or even go through and make sure we have all of the, the right common beliefs pointed out. He said, what is necessary for unity is our shared conviction that God has commanded us to love one another and granted us the freedom in matters of faith. I think that is a an important statement uh, that President Oaks made there again from Rome. President Dallin H. Oaks of the First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints at a gathering there on religious liberty. President Oaks referred to uh, some important historical components. Uh, this was uh, really insightful to me he talked about the Universal Declaration of Human Rights uh, as one of the key events in the development of religious liberty.
0: Everyone has the right to freedom of thought, conscience, and religion. This right includes freedom to change his religion or belief and freedom, either alone or in community with others and in public or private, to manifest his religion or belief in teaching, practice, worship, and observance. End of quote. Importantly, this declaration opens with an affirmation that resonates with the doctrine of many religions. Quote, all human beings are born free and equal in dignity and rights. They are endowed with reason and conscience and should act towards one another in a spirit of brotherhood.
1: Those declarations, of course, are important for religious liberty today. President Oaks, then. Uh, went on to talk about another key event in the ongoing March of Religious Liberty, one that had a very Catholic origin.
0: The Vatican II Declaration on Religious Freedom has been described as a tipping point for religious freedom internationally. An experienced Catholic observer, my friend Professor Mary Ann Glendon, has explained, quote, Catholic leaders take their bearings on religious freedom mainly from the teachings of Vatican II, as expounded subsequently by Saint Pope John Paul II, who said that religious freedom, an essential requirement of the dignity of every person, is a cornerstone of the structure of human rights, and for this reason, an irreplaceable factor in the good of individuals and of the whole of society, as well as of the personal fulfillment of each individual."
1: Uh, This is a vital discussion, again, coming from Rome, Italy. And so we're going to stay with the question just a little bit longer as it relates to religious liberty and its impact on our communities and so many other things. Coming up, we'll continue to look at President Dallin H. Oaks of the First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, his address in Rome today. Uh, and what he had to say about the value of religious freedom for communities and for democracies. Stay with us. Think again with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. We're staying with the question just a little bit longer as it relates to President Dallin H. Oaks. First Counselor and the First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he delivered a keynote address in Rome, Italy, at the Notre Dame Religious Liberty Summit. He spoke about the benefits of religious freedom, how we can build bridges with those of other faiths, and how we can live together with people who don't share our values. And it's important in a good portion of his speech, President Oaks uh, talked about this Fact and this idea that religious liberty is actually a critical component to democracy.
0: The freedoms of religion and belief are empirically foundational to healthy democracies. We now have good evidence that a country's protection of religious freedom correlates with a functional democracy and with other social goods, such as economic freedom per capita gross domestic product, higher literacy rates, and better health and education.
1: All of those things are interconnected, and I think it's powerful that President Oakes pointed that out, that religious liberty does play that crucial component, that it does impact economics, literacy, health care outcomes, and so on. Uh, All of that is is absolutely vital, and it's something that we often miss. President Oakes went on to uh, quote our favorite rabbi, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, and his Uh, quote, about the power of religion in our communities.
0: The late chief rabbi, Lord Jonathan Sachs, of the United Hebrew Congregations of the British Commonwealth, taught that religion is the most powerful community builder the world has ever known. It is also the best antidote to the individualism of the commuter age. So how does that impact
1: take place? How does religion impact society? President Oaks outlined a variety of positive ways that religion impacts everyone in a positive way.
0: Religion and persons of faith bless society with a precious and unique moral conscience. In our recent worldwide conference, another of our apostles declared, quote, If religion is not there to help with shaping character and mediating hard times, who will be? Who will teach honesty, gratitude, forgiveness, and patience? Who will exhibit charity, compassion, and kindness for the forgotten and the downtrodden? Who will embrace those who are different yet deserving as all of the children of God are?
1: So it's an impact on everyone, the different and deserving it's it's looking at everyone and looking for ways to to make that difference in society President Oaks then said that in expressing our faith and having that opportunity in the public square uh, that those of faith should never try to dominate others but try to understand others and respect them as well as respecting the law
0: our efforts to resolve challenges to religious liberty will be strengthened if we do not always seek total dominance for our own positions. Some accommodations may be necessary as we strive to honor legitimate laws and respect other person's highest ideals and human experiences. Conflicting claims are best resolved by seeking to understand the experiences and concerns of others, and by good faith negotiations. None of this requires any compromise of our core religious principles, but rather a careful examination of what is really essential to our free exercise of religion, in contrast to what other believers consider really essential to their beliefs. In this way, we learn to live peacefully with some laws we dislike and with some persons whose values differ from our own
1: that's so important. And in this way, we learn to live peacefully with some laws we dislike and with persons whose values differ from our own. President Oaks continued, again, this was uh, from Rome. He continued by saying that we need to do more to help people, not just understand people of faith, but understand the benefits of religion, primarily by serving others.
0: If the foundation of religious liberty is weakened, it is likely in part because the benefits conferred on society by religious organizations and religiously motivated people are not sufficiently known and acknowledged. We need to address that deficiency on a wider front than preaching, lobbying, and litigating. Religious institutions and believers must teach and act to make the beneficial public effects of religious teachings and practices more visible to non-believers. And we need more believers to practice their religious faith more visibly by serving others.
1: Uh, I think that's such a uh, powerful concept there. One of the other things that uh, President Oaks got to in his address from Rome was this important gap component that we see in societies here in the United States and around the world where people of faith often step
0: into the gap
1: where they can provide some things that governments simply
0: cannot. Religious communities can offer something governments, however well-financed, cannot provide large-scale, person-to-person kindness and empathy to accompany material assistance.
1: It is that one-on-one component where I think faith-based organizations and groups can really make the, lo- the biggest difference. Uh, often they're first on the scene when there's a catastrophe of some sort of natural disaster, whatever it might be, and they stay. In many cases, you have government agencies who sweep in and sweep out, uh, often missing that individual connection or the, having the staying power uh, to help people for the long haul. And that's often where faith-based groups can actually step in. As President Oakes uh, moved towards the conclusion of his speech in Rome, he called on people of all faiths to come together.
0: We must unite and find common ground for defending and promoting religious liberty. This is not a call for doctrinal compromises, but rather a plea for unity and cooperation on strategy and advocacy toward a common goal of religious freedom for all.
1: That uniting, coming together, I I love the way President Oaks phrased this. This is not a call for doctrinal compromises, but rather a plea for unity and cooperation on strategy and advocacy towards our common goal of religious liberty for all. Uh, And that includes believers and non-believers alike. Finally, President Oaks explained that uh, working together uh, has a certain
0: look to it, a certain feel to it, and he described what that should look like. With the love and mutual respect taught by divine commandments, we need to find ways to learn from one another and to reinforce the common commitments that hold us together and promote stable, pluralistic societies. We should walk shoulder to shoulder along the path of religious freedom for a while, while still exercising that freedom to pursue our distinctive beliefs.
1: As a world religious leader, I think President Oakes calling for all of all faiths to walk shoulder to shoulder, linked arm in arm, along that path of religious freedom for all uh, is a a powerful call. uh, For a world religious leader to be there in Rome, as President Oakes described it as the cradle of Christianity. And to call people to come together doesn't mean we have to agree on everything. Oneness is not sameness when it comes to religious liberty either. And finding those opportunities and ensuring that individuals and governments respect faith and faith-based organizations and individuals of all kinds uh, is important to democracy. It's important to freedom and liberty and for everyone uh, to make a difference in their own community. We'll step aside for a bottom of the hour break. Much more to come on Inside Sources. Stay with us. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But
0: violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy
1: Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence.